Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts. Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. All right, welcome back. National Crawford Roundtable. I am taking, I, can I take the place of uh, Bob Duco ever, guys? Roger, Neil, <laughs> no. I don't think they can. Not a chance. Happen. It's not going to happen. So, <laughs> no. Uh, Bob is not with us today. He's got some family things. By the way, very important family things he's doing. We won't get into the details, but this is a very teachable moment Bob's out doing today. So it's very important for him to not, actually more important for him to be doing what he's doing versus be with us, guys. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Well, when you said teachable moment, we all understood it meant involving children. So well, you, yes. you don't have to go any further than that. <laughs> <Good one. laughs> all right, we got a lot to discuss today. We are going to do our very best to get through three topics, which we normally don't do. Normally, we'll do one or two, but we've got the Durham report. There's a new Miller ad, really not new. It was out a month or so ago, but it's kind of resurfaced. And then, of course, there's a Christianity Today article out about Trump and who would who would or who would not vote for him. So we'll just get rolling again. All of you listening, this is John Rush. I am from Rush to Reason in Denver. Roger Mars, Marjorie, they can't talk, Roger. Roger Marsh <laughs> out of Los Angeles and Neil Boron out of Buffalo, New York. And, and again, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate what you do each and every week, by the way. Thanks, Likewise, John. Likewise, John. All right, so you want to start with the Durham report? Yeah. Sounds Let, good. Let's dive right in. I mean, All right, it, so it, it, Roger, you, nobody could hear us because it was before we came on, but it sounds like... Adam Shifty Shift is doubling down on it. What's he doing? He really is. So, I mean, you've got to figure anybody from the People's Republic of California is going to look at this report and say, no, wait a minute. We have our talking points here, and our talking points say that Donald Trump colluded with Russia. And the Durham report, I mean, you'll remember when they did start handing down verdicts and things like this, it was Clinton appointing justices, it was Obama appointed justices that actually exonerated everybody who was charged with any legal wrongdoing. But now the final report is here, and the final report says, hey, look, guys, there may have been some cause, there may have been some reason for a preliminary investigation just to do some due diligence to see if Donald Trump had, in right. fact, colluded with anybody in Russia. And I think any American would be fine with that because you want to make sure that your presidential elections are clean and that the election or the electors are, are not, you know, taking dirty money or dirty influence. But then, I mean, the, the, the key takeaway from the Durham report is that they discovered that the FBI went way above and beyond what they even had legal jurisdiction to do to launch this three-year, three-and-a-half zillion-dollar you know, investigation into Donald Trump that basically proved that Hillary Clinton's email setup was illegal. But other than that, that Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong. And mm -hmm. it's amazing to see how the left is just losing its mind over this because they have the narrative that Donald Trump is a rapist right. and Donald Trump is, you know, whatever. And so this fit their narrative. And so Adam Schiff came out the, the very next day and said, no, I, we have credible evidence. It's like, look, you don't have credible evidence. The Durham report That's what the report it. says. Exactly. Proves exactly. you don't. Right. It's, it's yeah. almost like, Roger, the, Neil, I want you to respond as well, but it's almost like they're coming out and saying this is fake news, similar to what Donald Trump used to say <laughs> about all the things they were saying, which, by the way, that was, by the way, Donald Trump's new slogan should be, we were right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, it, same thing. Uh, Hillary Clinton was claiming election fraud in 2016, right? I mean, that, that it had to be rigged. There's no way Donald Trump beat her, mm-hmm. which was kind of the impetus for all this stuff. So Donald Trump gets pegged with the idea that he's an election denier, but that's exactly what the Democrats are doing from 2016 uh, to the next election. Mm-hmm. Speaking of really quick, and I forgot, I should have done this to begin with preborn, though. Neil, you just reminded me when you're talking about all of the misinformation that goes on from the other side of the aisle. And by the way, that happens on the abortion topic all the time. And I know we talk about that a lot, but Preborn is an organization where, by the way, they are saving babies' lives, and they're very honest with their clients. They tell their clients exactly what's going on. The ultrasound machines are one of the biggest tools, by the way, that help us in this fight for life, which is really what this is. It's the fight for these babies' lives. You can save 10 babies today. Your gift of $280 will provide free ultrasounds for 10 young women that have unplanned pregnancies. 80% of these women choose life when they see that ultrasound image. And by the way, with your gift, you'll receive the story of a mom whose life has been changed by that ultrasound and that precious baby that she ends up delivering. So go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the pre-born logo today and donate. Neil, thanks for the reminder, by the way. You know, when you think about the uh, the Durham report, it's kind of an ultrasound of sorts, right? I mean, it's basically oh, point. shedding point, some light Roger. on the fact that this is what really happened. You know, and, and you can read the report. It's it's available for anywhere. We'll put it up at all of our websites, too. You can read through the report, and it's fascinating to see where they basically say, look, I mean, we're not suggesting that we shouldn't have investigated this. We're saying we shouldn't have gone as far as we did with the FBI. I mean, they, they went they went right. over and beyond. And it's amazing how many people, like in the Sanctity of Life community, will say, like, if you go to an abortion clinic, Planned Parenthood does not want a woman to see a, an ultrasound. And the reason right. they don't is they say it's too traumatic, you know, and it's too heartbreaking for the woman. Well, the reality is, once you see that baby's ultrasound, what's, if one of your kids, you know, reached out to you and said, hey, look what I got and sent you an ultrasound, the first thing you'd say is, I'm going to be a grandfather. I mean, right. It, it's right. 4, 4D imaging, you can hear the heartbeat. I mean, yep. what, what preborn is doing is telling the truth. And this is where the left, the deniers and people who are um, have invented this transgender conversation or whatever, mm-hmm. have really missed the mark. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, and again, I'm not taking anything away from anybody's ability to have opinions and this, that, and the other thing, but you could see where who's dealing with reality, who's dealing with truth, and who isn't. You know, and this is a, Great point. It's, a, it's a powerful opportunity for us as Christians to come alongside and say, hey, look, I, I know you think that this is your reality and this is your truth, but here's the real truth. I mean, it, it can be measured. Mm-hmm. You can that's find right. these things out. That's right. Yeah. Well, and to your point, Roger, that's what the Durham Report is doing. And as we've said, they're the other side of the aisle, and this is for everybody listening. And again, I think there's folks from both sides of the aisle that listen to us. I know on my program, I've got both sides of the aisle that listen. I know because I have them mm-hmm. call in and I'll even have text messages and chats back and forth. And the reality is they're they're listening. And for those of you that are on the other side of the aisle, that your side is now saying, no, 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 there, there's nothing here, nothing to look at. Um, this was a very intensive look at what happened during that time frame, which frankly, the, the biggest mistake that I feel was made, guys, is before the last election, there should have been some leakage of this report to kind of say, right. you know, here's some of our preliminary findings and what we'll have more detail on. But bottom line is, this was all just a big hoax from the other side of the aisle and the FBI overreached. I mean, no offense, but that probably would have changed the outcome of the last election. Yeah. But if there had, just a question, but if there had been a leak of information in advance, couldn't, wouldn't that have been an accusation of political motivation? Like, in other words, you're leaking a little bit of information here to try to sway the election. I can't see how that would have went well. 
The information well, the would have been very valuable, but the other I can't side see will how to... do the same thing, Neil. They'll they'll either suppress or leak things out accordingly. I mean, what what do you think they did with the Supreme Court leak on the whole Roe v. Wade thing? Oh, well, yeah. of course, of course. But I'm just saying, I I believe in, in this kind of case, the Democrats fight dirty and the Republicans don't. No, now I'm not don't. I'm not exonerating all Republicans. I'm just saying that their their playbook is to be vicious, nasty, and do whatever they need to do to win. And I just don't think that it would have went well for Republicans because I don't think you know, that they would have been able to back it up with much because on the heels of that, you're looking at, you know, uh, multiple, you know, investigations into Donald Trump. You're looking at um, other concerns about his behavior, the way that he speaks to the media and other people, multiple affairs, uh, two impeachments. I mean, so you got, I mean, obviously prior to the last election, you didn't have all of that. But the point is you've had this warehouse of information about Donald Trump by the mainstream media just building up and people's attitudes and behaviors. So I'm just, you know, they're like, they're sealed in people's minds what they think of Donald Trump. And I'm just not sure that it would have really moved the needle very much to simply say, hey, we've got a few things that are brewing here. I'm not even sure that after the report's out, now this is years later, you know, a couple of years later, now the official report is out. I'm not sure it's going to do much. Yes, he was exonerated, but isn't that kind of like saying, hey, you know, the, the coach at the local high school uh, really didn't look at child pornography, um, and they bury that on page 47 of the local right. paper, even though it was right. on the front yeah. page previously. Yeah, yeah and front Roger, page. Your thoughts? Well, front page for months. You know, I mean, that that's, let's face it, if it bleeds, it leads in the media. And one thing that the mainstream media has always been is they've been carrying water for the left. I mean, the idea that you can accuse Donald Trump of a crime, uh, whether he actually did it or not. And it's front page news, it's front page news. But then the Durham report comes out and you have uh, people like uh, MSNBC going on and saying, well, uh, this report uh, that Durham is putting out really isn't very credible because we all know that this really happened. What do you mean it's not credible? I mean, this guy, had, he was exonerated on both sides of the aisle. I mean, he was thought to be fair, kind of in an Alan Dershowitz category. And the fact that now the left gets a report that they don't like and they, they try to yeah. bury it or smear it. But to Neil's point, it's always page one. If there's the innuendo, there's the True. suggestion, there's the hint. But then right. when there's the retraction, the retraction, if it shows up, shows up in a teeny tiny paragraph on page 47, months after the fact, where no one had a chance to read it, but they could say, see, we went ahead and, you know, yeah my bad, you know, that type of thing. But Well, and, and, and really quick, guys, and, and Neil, just to kind of respond to you, I mean, I think given the fact that it wasn't leaked, nothing came out, nothing affected the election, to me, it even builds more credibility for the report today and for the other side to sort of poo-poo it and say, oh, no, none of this happened. I mean, the reality is... This was very thorough. It right. was very thought out. He didn't release anything prior to the last election because I do believe, he, I, my own opinion, not that I'm saying that I like the guy one way or the other, but I do believe he probably felt like it might impact the election one way or the other. And I don't think he wanted to be labeled that way. So bottom line, two years after the election, he's now coming up with a report that basically says Donald Trump was right all along. Yeah, I get it. And I agree with that assessment totally 100% but I just don't think it's going to move the needle I think we live in the age of TikTok uh Instagram Twitter I mean people want sound bites they want the salacious details etc and I think people are just going to kind of collectively yawn at this it it totally See, I disagree. takes I, away I don't I disagree yeah, I, don't. I think for the middle of the road voter that maybe has been on the fence they don't like the economy they don't like their paycheck they don't like what's happening with everything from you know property taxes on down the line they go their health insurance I mean I, I can keep going with the things people are upset about today the price of new cars that have become a, a luxury item now I mean the reality is things are a lot different now than they were under Donald Trump and I do think Neil for that middle of the road voter that's looking all of these things that's changed in his or her life and they now figure out that oh wait a minute 
you mean Donald Trump was right during that time and the left was really just trying to attack him and they made up a bunch of things and frankly it was a bunch of, you know, it was fake news and a big hoax and, and we've now proven that through this report. I think there's some folks in the middle that this, this bodes well for Donald Trump. Uh, well, I don't and I'll explain why in a second, but let me just say that when it comes to misinformation, it's everywhere, right? And, <laughs> you know, I, I really do want to get into that in a second, but I also want to thank our sponsor, Alliance Defending Freedom. And I want to do that because uh, there's misinformation related to the idea of religious freedom. I'm actually going to talk about a myth here in just a second, but we know religious freedom is under attack in America and Alliance Defending Freedom is completely committed to doing something about it, but they need our help in the fight, which is why we're going to ask you to donate $50 today to Alliance Defending Freedom by going to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and clicking on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner and then take a stand for religious freedom. A lot of people believe the term separation of church and state means religious groups pose a threat to freedom and democracy. That's a myth. The fact is, people of faith shouldn't be treated like second-class citizens. The government's actually required to treat religious organizations equally. Thomas Jefferson once wrote in a personal letter uh, that the wall of separation, he talked about the wall of separation between church and state in that letter. And people often use that line, of course, to justify discrimination against people of faith like us. Uh, but that phrase and that logic are found nowhere in the Constitution. In fact, the First Amendment's Establishment Clause protects churches from government inf uh, interference or control. It it doesn't wall off the public from religious speech or make it illegal. But even today, and this is an example of what we're talking about, actually, this alleged wall of separation myth continues to inspire discrimination against people of faith. And they've got the facts right in front of them in the Constitution. That's got to stop. And Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys never stop fighting to make sure that it does stop. So donate $50, maybe $100 at CrawfordMediaGroup.net and then click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner because in less than 60 seconds, you can help protect religious freedom for all Americans. And we need to because one day it's going to be too late. So give today uh, on the Alliance Defending Freedom. Click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And Roger, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for your input in a second because I know you're going to have something to say about this. But I just wanted to bring up real quick. Uh, it's a poll. I think I mentioned it last week. The CNN did a poll that 31% of independents, these are people that are not committed to Trump or Biden or any other candidate, um, they felt that Trump's actions were illegal as it related to the Stormy Daniels case. 76% um, believe politics played a role in the decision. Very similar to what we're talking about here, that the FBI did this investigation based on politics. So a huge number, 76% said politics played a role, but 62% approved of it. So what does that mean? That Americans, you know, including a clear majority of independent voters who will likely choose an ex-president, believed that Trump committed no crime and that the justice system is being weaponized against him, but apparently they're perfectly fine with it, which is why I say, I don't think it's going to move the needle. What we need is real truth, and we need it right now. And Roger, that's why I'm so grateful that we have uh, advertising partners, sponsors of this program that allow us to talk about the truth every week. Yeah, Dennis Wilson is one of them, and he'll be the first guy to say he was a Trump supporter who did not like the Trump tax cuts because what it did to you know a lot of long-term investments. Look at the two options you have right now. You've got Donald Trump in the lead. You've got Joe Biden in the lead. And the polls are saying that Trump right now could actually beat Joe Biden, so could Ron DeSantis. Well, we have to look at this as from the standpoint of what has God entrusted us financially and how are we going to be the best stewards with those resources. And one of the ways that you can do so, quite frankly, is stop putting your faith and trust in who wins the election. Take a 
look at the market conditions, take a look at the Trump tax cuts for long-term things that are going to expire in 2026 and how directly that will impact your retirement accounts. And then ask the question, why haven't I called Dennis Wilson yet? Because Dennis specializes in helping you find safe harbors for your money, uh, investments that will not go down, investments that are backed by real estate, investments that he's got all sorts of different opportunities for you to make sure that the money that you've been entrusted to not only stays where it is, but will continue to grow, but won't go down. I mean, tax-free, tax-deferred, you name it. There's a Wilson Financial Advisors banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, or you can call 800-696-9970. He's got a link to a movie you can watch about the, it's called The Baby Boomer Dilemma that explains the whole retirement system and how pension funds have gone away and 401ks aren't what they were advertised to be. These are, But that's good information to have so you can know. And I, I'm grateful that Dennis is a part of this program. He's also a listener to this program as well. And, and to your point, Neil, about you know the telling the truth and does it move the needle? It's amazing how many people are of the mind that it's just what they believe. You know, the tribalism has gotten so bad, people don't want to uh, have their daily routine disrupted with the truth. Don't right. don't don't burden me with the facts. And what reality is, I found a group of people. I found my little cadre of folks who all think the same way and talk the same way and act the same way. And if you're not committed to the truth then obviously you you run the risk of you know being involved in peril i mean i think it's one of the blessings of being part of a church community being a faith community is we have to be willing to speak the truth in love about our sin about our sinful nature about the condition of the world but also about the hope that lies within us because of what jesus did on the cross for us and mm -hmm. and I, it's becoming more important now more than ever which is i'm sure a huge reason why you saw during the pandemic that one of the first places they targeted was churches you know you right. can't we've got to right. shut the church down. You can't get together for that hour every week or maybe hour and a half. Um, or if you're Pentecostal, go all day Sunday, you know, whatever it is. Three but still, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, African-American okay, so, church, so, we start So Roger and Neil, real quick, we can, we can finish out this first segment of the National Crawford Roundtable. And by the way, if you miss anything, you can always go and listen to it via podcast on all of your favorite podcast sites, by the way. But as we finish up this first half, which we don't always play this in its entirety. So if you're listening to the first half on the terrestrial side and you want to listen to the second half, go find the podcast. Some of you are going to hear the entire thing. That's fine as well. But guys, how does the Christianity Today, you know, the article that just came out where Russell Moore is basically blasting Trump for his performance in, you know, the last week's town hall and basically saying he'd never vote for Trump. This does dovetail into what we were talking about with the Durham report and Roger, a lot of what you just said. And by the way, I'm not saying I agree with, with Russell Moore or anything, frankly, that's on Christianity Today because I don't read it because to me it's become very left-leaning over the years anyway, so I haven't read Agreed. anything from them in a very long time and frankly don't put much stake in what he's saying. But the other side will, and even some in the middle may look at this and say, hmm, maybe I should look at this closer. And by the way, I think Russell's completely wrong in what he's saying, but that's my own yeah. opinion. Yeah. Well, Neil, I'd love to get your take on this as a pastor, but uh, I'll just throw in my first two cents. Sure. He used a, he used a phrase that I thought was very interesting because of the fact that he's part of the never Trump crowd, you know, which a lot of people right. are. And he used the words of Jesus. I know we can unpack this a little bit more in the second half of the podcast, but you know, when we, you know, we're told in scripture, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And when Russell Moore doubled down with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press and said, in my case, my never is never. I thought, wow, that's a really interesting phrase for a human being to use. 
I mean, yeah. quite frankly, I mean, I, I, I was, that was probably so the no most matter shocking. What, no matter what, Russell, you're never as never. What an idiot. Sorry, I'm just going to say well, it No, I, I just, I, I, I was surprised because I, I, you could see the biblical wisdom of let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be, be truthful in what you're saying, you know, and, and, and firm in your convictions. But when it comes to never, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I mean, is that our call? I mean, really, it is. I mean, I, 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 I no, never it's not once, our call. I never once thought that Donald Trump was a Bible believing, you know, evangelical gospel preaching Christian. I believe that he was sympathetic to the cause of Christ. And, and by the way, as president, he's not supposed to be. Exactly. I, I, I mean, George Bush is a pick. George W. Bush was Episcopalian. I mean, you know, quite frankly, and I, I'm sure many of us would have issues with the Episcopal Church. I mean, uh, Bill Clinton went to was it Bill Clinton went to a Methodist church and Hillary went to a Baptist or something like that. Just because a pastor or a president goes to church doesn't necessarily quote unquote make them a Christian. But I was really I was really taken back with Russell Moore's position that somehow he felt it was biblical to say my never is never with Donald Trump. I, I just, maybe it's because of his age and saying, well, he's never going to change and this, that, and the other thing. But I thought for a public official, a leader in the Christian community, so far, mm -hmm. as far as the media is concerned, to make a statement like that, mm -hmm. that, that really seemed heavy handed. And I, I thought it ill-timed. Yeah. And I agree with that part of your statement and that, you know, focusing on that aspect of what he said, but he also said, you know, in relation to, um, the uh, conviction that came down in the civil suit against Trump not on sexual abuse and stuff. Not a conviction, just found liable. Two differences found liable. there. Okay. Huge differences. Uh, found liable, and uh, how do you how do you phrase that then regarding the sexual assault? There's well, there's in the, in a civil trial, there's no guilt. It's just whether somebody's liable or not on a monetary basis. Which, by the way, the turn you know the 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 rules in that world are so different and loose compared to what it is in an actual you know, jury trial where you're going to be convicted of, say, rape or murder or something along those lines. This would have never gone to court under those circumstances because there wasn't any evidence to prove it. This okay. is civil, and all sorts of weird things can happen in civil suits, which you just saw. The, the part I zeroed in on, and thank you for the explanation, but the part I zeroed in on about what Russell Moore was talking about related to the teenage girl. He, in other words, he said, think about a teenage girl who goes to church somewhere who's being abused by her youth pastor, wondering whether to come forward, you know, based on the treatment of E. Jean Carroll. And oh, that, that is a okay, lame hang, hang, no, example. No, 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 lame example. Hang on a second. Well, but you brought up Bill Clinton. He was, he was you know, accused of, of sexual assault or improper sexual behavior by 12 women. Donald Trump's been accused by 18 women. Does that make him guilty? No. Uh, do people make this kind of stuff up for political reasons? Of course they do. But for a young teenage girl who's afraid to come forward, you know, look at look at look at what well, happened. Well, you could say the same thing about Kavanaugh, Supreme Court justice, where it never happened. I mean, I th think this is I'm, ridiculous to be comparing what that I'm getting, in the same way. Okay, no, it isn't, and then for yes, this reason, is. because because every attempt is being made here to protect Donald Trump. When in fact people are no, being every abused. attempt is being Catholic made to find the truth, which is what we should be doing as well. And frankly, I don't believe she's truthful. Okay, There's no evidence that, to say she is. That's your belief, except that a jury disagreed with you. No, a jury didn't disagree with me. A jury actually said, well, we can't really, we can't really hold him liable on the rape end of things. We do think he might have done something wrong, so now we want him to pay $3 million. It's a bunch of hogwash, and we're going to lose on appeal. Okay, well, 
I mean, look, I'm not I'm not trying to argue that Donald Trump is guilty or innocent. I'm saying that people are sexually abused in America all the time, including in churches, by the way. Not think about the that. Catholic church abuse scandal and what's going on in evangelical churches. Even the Southern Baptist Convention, which Russell Moore was head of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. He knows full well that sexual abuse is in Protestant churches and Catholic churches. And so he brought it up saying, look at people are abused and if if at a town hall meeting this whole issue comes up and 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 essentially victims are ridiculed i think that that doesn't bode well for the president you know when he throws out some jab against people uh, for bringing up issues related to sexual abuse and everybody laughs and mocks individuals who have been victimized that's not going to bode well at the polls in november that's all i'm saying uh, well cognitive, hell, i guess roger well, your thoughts i was gonna say cognitive left here this half yeah. hour go ahead Cognitive dissonance is a wonderful thing, isn't it? I mean, the fact that we can look at these these situations, I, I really resonate with what Neil's saying, especially based on what you've shared about, you know, your your history and, and appreciate you doing so. And John, I appreciate the legal, you know, analysis as well as this uh, moves forward. I, in all honesty, I think what's happening uh, in, in terms of the Donald Trump cases here is uh, Russell Moore's argument came a little straw manish to me only because of the fact that the situation involving most of the play, the, the abuses that Donald Trump is accused of committing um, are completely different from youth pastor, whatever. And my, I, my question is, when Russell Moore was the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, and I'm just asking this, I mean, I'm not part of the SBC, um, there's been all sorts of dirty laundry coming out of the SBC ever since he left his position as the president. Was he investigating those things? And I, and I mean this sincerely. I'm asking, mm, was he investigating question. these 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 uh, charges of clergy great abuse question, and Roger. things like that? Because if he was and he was trying to fight the fight and he's coming off as a crusader like that, then he has every right to speak into this situation and say, hey, let me give you a case example. But if he wasn't, and if he kind of just got out of a burning building before, you know, to save his reputation and everything, then I have to wonder. But again, we can have that cognitive dissonance that says, I'm going to ask those questions and, and see what happens. I, to Neil's point, I really honestly believe that I, I, he's right. It's what, what's going to, how is this going to impact? How is it going to play in the middle? I don't think Donald Trump has the MAGA type support and the flag waving, crowd chest thumping support that he had in 2016. And he may have overplayed his hand on, on a situation like this. But at the same time, there are some much larger issues that are going on in the culture that are cultural issues that if you only keep attaching them to Donald Trump because he's the bad guy and he's the X factor mm -hmm. or whatever, at some point you're going to, you're going to lose the effectiveness of that argument and calling for real change. And well, and, and by the way, Neil, I, I would not have done personally, if I was Donald Trump and all of that had happened and I'm on the stage with CNN and I'm giving those interviews, I would not have used the words and said the things that he didn't. We've talked about that a lot with Donald Trump, that if he's going to be successful as our nominee, which it looks like he may, may very well be when it's all said and done, if he's going to be successful, he's going to have to change how he responds and acts to some of these situations. I mean, I personally would not have called her a whack job. Now, would I have said something to the effect of, well, let's make sure you all understand how civil cases work and people can bring up all sorts of different things as they feel fit and you know anybody can sue anybody for anything and the reality is I was found liable we're going to appeal you know we're going to appeal yeah. that this case could have never come in front of a, a real jury for any kind of a crime that was committed and that's why they did it in the way that they did it I mean I probably would have responded more that way and educated people at the same time versus just calling her a whack job but again yeah. going back to Christianity today and R Russell Moore saying I'll never vote for Trump because of things like that that's just a moronic statement I'm sorry okay well, let me just 
20 seconds here. Uh, I'm thinking of powerful people. King David, Bill Cosby, Will Chamberlain, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, millionaires, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, just throw these powerful people, millionaires who have uh, power and opportunity. What, is it likely or unlikely they might use that, you know, against someone? The point is uh, one in three women in America have been abused. That's reality. And I, th I think if Donald Trump, rather than calling her a whack job, had said, listen, it's so unfortunate that so many people are being abused in America, women especially, and I care about that. But E. Jean Carroll wasn't one of them. Period. Yes. That's all he's got to do. I, I agree with I, that. And I think he ruined himself yeah. by mocking her. I, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I think, and Roger, you said it as well a moment ago. I know we're running close on time here, guys. But to say that, use the word never, I mean, I think that's just very... Uh, right. Very strong language, and it's very irresponsible of him, knowing that he's got a lot of listeners that you know maybe aren't in our camp when it comes to Christianity, but there's folks out there listening to him. I just don't think that's the right way to handle. All right, guys, really quick, pre-born again. Make sure you all go there. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Give today. Save ten babies' lives. Your gift of two hundred eighty dollars provides free ultrasound sessions for ten young women in unplanned pregnancies. Eighty percent of these women will choose life, and they get to, as they see, I should say, those ultrasound images. We talked a lot about that earlier, Roger. You did as well. And with your gift, you receive the story of a mom whose life, as well as the ultrasound image of her precious baby. Again, guys, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. This is about it for the first half, by the way. And again, if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio and you won't be able to listen to the second half, you can go right to any place that plays uh, your favorite podcast place, I should say, and just look for the National Crawford Roundtable there. Second half begins in a moment. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. All right, welcome back. This is the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable. Myself, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Roger Marsh out of Los Angeles, the uh, People's Republic of California, Roger, <laughs> yeah. Neil Boron out of <laughs> Buffalo, New York as well. And for all of you listening, by the way, if you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, there's actually a nice little picture of each one of us there. You can learn about what we do in radio and our different programs and so on. And really quick, guys, thank you all for uh, finding us. I know I get some messages at times, uh, Roger, even from your neck of the woods. So folks are going there. They're finding us. Nice. They're emailing us. And all of you listening, I do appreciate that very much. You may not be in my market or Neil, they may not be in your market or Roger, they may not be in your market. But the reality is people are finding us from all over. And I really, really appreciate you guys not only listening, but reaching out to us. And one thing we don't say enough, guys, if any of them have questions and they want to reach out or they want to comment or they want to ask a question, our info is all right there at CrawfordMediaGroup.net and they can find us there and ask questions as well outside of this podcast. Yeah, and please leave a review. And, uh, you know, we always ask yes, for a five-star review Roger. because a nice little pat on the back. With that, that's, that's just how that media metric game is played. But also with your feedback, your comments, how does this program help you? How, how does this discussion benefit you? Uh, that is far more valuable to us than the five-star. We're not going to say that's no to right. a five-star rating. But the fact that, uh, that, that you're that engaging in this, that you've subscribed to the podcast, that you're downloading it every week and sharing it with your friends. I mean, that's just, it, it, it means the world to us. And as John mentioned, yep. and I've got listeners in Neil's backyard who, you know, have found us on the app, you know, so it, it's it's interesting how we're just all kind of sharing the wealth as that's it were. Right. And this is becoming a global, a globalized local community of uh, believers and people who are looking for the truth. So that's one thing doing. I always tell my listeners, I know you guys are the same. If you like what you hear, please go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Look at the folks there that are promoting and helping us financially in what we do. One of those, of course, is 
Preborn, you can save 10 babies' lives, by the way, by going to Preborn, a gift of $280. And you hear Bob talk all the time about a big gift, $15,000, if you feel really blessed and you want to provide an ultrasound machine itself. It's that ultrasound, really, at the end of the day, that does save babies' lives. As Roger said in the last last half hour, the, the picture, the image, the information, the 4D now, the ability, and I've got a grandchild on the way. And yeah, guys, what you get to see in the ultrasound is absolutely I don't have another word for it, guys. It's magical. And when a woman, a young woman especially, gets to see that image, 80% of those women will choose life. Once they see that image, your gift of $280 provides 10 of those sessions for women. And then outside of that, once you give that, you'll see the story of those moms and their babies and those images that I just mentioned. Again, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. But it's not just preborn, by the way, guys. Look at all of the different sponsors that we've got. Roger, you know, Wilson Financial, Neil, ADF. I mean, the reality is all of them are helping us do what we do on a daily basis. And amen. 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 Yeah. All right. Great. Let's do this. Moving on. And I know we talked a lot in the last hour about, you know, the Durham report, Christianity Today, and so on. Now, I want to move into something that this one I've talked about this week. It's been a little bit controversial because I'm going to give you my take on it. And then I want to get you guys' feedback on the new Miller ad. And if you haven't seen it, you know, and I guess I should ask, have you guys seen the new ad? And it's about a month old or so now. It came out during Women's Month last month. Yeah, it's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. It's, it's a strange incredibly ad. strange. It's, just, yeah. it's a very strange I ad. saw it, yeah. And those yeah. of you that haven't seen it, you know, as you listen to what we're saying, in fact, what I would say is if you're listening on podcast, pause this, go look up the new Miller ad, and then come back and listen to what we actually have to say about it. Now, what I'm going to say to start with is I come from an industry that at one time was far worse than even the worst beer ad you could ever see when it came to what we did with women in our industry to promote products. The auto industry is infamous for using skin to sell everything from parts to cars to having them at trade shows to you name it. And what I will say is, and and I'm not taking all the credit, guys, it's not just me. It was a collective effort from a lot of leaders in our industry. I was one of those where at one point in time, this was probably mid-90s for me, where I just finally said, listen, we have got to change the image of our industry. We have got to start doing things differently. You can't have pinup calendars in the shop or even on the front counter when people walk in. We've got, you know, in my case, I had wives and kids and, and ladies coming in and getting their vehicles worked on and so on. And I just knew we needed to make this change so that we're not doing these things when it comes to how we advertise the products that we sell. So collectively, our industry, quietly, by the way, behind the scenes, we didn't do an ad like Miller did. We came out and literally it took us a decade. I'm not exaggerating. It took us a decade to really clean up what's going on in that world in the auto industry. And again, I'm not taking all the credit, but it was people like myself where we looked at these things going on saying, listen, this, this, this thing that we're doing when it comes to advertising and using ladies in the way that we were, and, and there's arguments as to, well, you know, they're getting paid and they like it and so on. That's not the point. I just felt like there's better ways to advertise products and I didn't want to be a part of what was going on at that time. So we as an industry cleaned it up. That's sort of what this Miller ad is talking about, only they're doing it in a much different way than I did. Roger, your thoughts. You know, it's interesting as you talk about the auto industry, and and I, I have a just a kind of it's anecdotal for our conversation, but I remember being at the National Association of Broadcasters convention years ago, and there was a woman who was at a, a display booth, and it was for uh, 
car radio audio media was when satellite was first coming out right and it turned out we had gone to high school together and she was there modeling in front of the car and guys she wasn't wearing much of anything other than high heels and a skimpy skimpy bathing suit and i'm there with a bunch of christian broadcasters right we're walking through the floor and she recognizes me and she's like hey and i'm like okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was it was so like they're like you know her dude and i'm like uh, no actually score <laughs> roger exactly exactly but you know to the point i'm so glad the auto industry has gone in that direction because you know i'm kind of a carb geek myself i mean not that i work on it but like the collectibles right. and things like that right and but that was always the one part you know you'd sit there and pick up a you know volkswagen collection magazine and there's nothing but skin in it and you're like oh my gosh i mean this is it's just it's really ridiculous but you know when you do it effectively and like you said john you kind of do it behind the scenes everyone says okay we know we need to do something we need to change this when you watch this miller ad in comparison and the idea that i mean that they, it actually came out a month before the uh, the bud light ad right was celebrating the transgenderism right. and and now it's kind of going viral like oh yeah well this is what a real woman's all about and it's filled with profanity and you it's can't awful. i mean it's just it's it's just it's really disgusting and quite frankly some of the women in there and the way they're dressed i'm like wait what are you trying you're trying to tell us that women are empowered but they're wearing these clingy sweaters and shorts i, I don't i mean I, I watched it in disbelief. You know, I, yeah. I, it, was, it was interesting to see that it came out actually before the Bud Light flap, but now it's right. only getting the surface because it didn't get any traction during Women's History Month. And I thought, but what, what is the old expression? You know, it's been going around the social media. Bud Light, we're going to demean and humiliate women even further. And then Miller Light says, hold my beer. You know, I mean, they come out with this ad. It's just, it's, you know, uh, Neil, bail me out here. This is crazy. Well, no, I, I want to jump in. <laughs> but first, I, I just think because some people obviously didn't go and watch the commercial or they're not able to because they're driving or something. John, can you take a second to describe it? Uh, oh, maybe yeah, maybe even you. start by describing Bud Light first, then describe this one. Okay. Good, yeah. good idea. So for all of you listening to Bud Light ad, of course, was really not an ad. It was a partnership with Dylan Mulvaney, who's a transgender male who has got a lot of followers. He's big on social media. And I say he because it's a he. He's a boy who dresses up like a girl. Thank you, Roger. Yes, he's a boy that dresses up like a girl. And it's very demeaning, by the way. Most of the ladies that I've ever talked, all the ladies, I'm rephrase that. All the ladies I've ever talked to about him are very put off by him and they think that they he actually is demeaning women but there was a partnership when it came to advertising with him as an influencer in all of the social media circles that he's a part of bud light even had a can with his picture on it that they delivered to him and so on and so that's where that big ruckus kind of started from on the bud light side which by the way they're still reaping the uh, the benefits of or the not so good benefits of because their sales are still way way down the miller ad is I guess I could say it's opposite of that because it's not it's not anything to do with transgenderism. What it's basically saying is we love women. There's a lot of women in the industry. In fact, the ad starts off with all the things that women did from Mesopotamia to now as far as brewing and how, how they've had a hand in it until now and blah, blah, blah. And then it goes into talking about the ads that used to be in the beer commercials, you know, the, the, the skin that used to be in the beer commercials, the ads, the posters, and so on. And they, they use the word, you know, SH, and you guys can finish it because you know what I mean when I say that. And I know it's a podcast and we can use those words, but I don't use those words, so I won't hear. The reality is they're talking about how they'll take that stuff and they're going to compost it and turn it into other stuff that they'll then give out to different farmers and women that are in the industry that will then help them grow more things that will actually help the beer culture or the beer industry, if you would, or the women that are in 
the beer industry. Now, really quick, they even say in there how they're out scouring the internet to buy these items back and then and then turn these things around into compost. Well, first of all, that's a very untruthful statement that they're making because they didn't produce enough print material back in the day to amount to probably a five-gallon bucket when it's all said and done. I may be a little bit off on that, but you guys get my my you get my drift there. I mean, if they have a 55-gallon right. drum when it's all said and done of actual real compost, I would be absolutely shocked. So it's a marketing ploy. At the end of the day, there's not going to be anything come out of that end of it, but they are talking about how how you know the objectification of women back in the day wasn't the right way to do it and we want to be a different company today when it comes to how we advertise and so on did this ad hit the mark not for me i mean i get what they're saying but again, I, I'm using my industry as an example. We did all of what they're now, quote unquote, attempting to do behind the scenes and did a very good job of it, by the way. Yeah, but it's also, I don't know, I took it as very disingenuous because this is a company that just spent the last, whatever, 5, 10, 20 decades, right? Uh, how long they've been around? 100 years? Who knows? But but the entire time, demeaning women. like True. Doing the very thing they say that, almost like in a condescending way that nobody else ought to be doing. No one should be thinking about this stuff. Nobody should be doing it. And in one sense, we agree with that. We, I mean, we just spent time saying that we agree with that ideology. It just seems really disingenuous. And there was, uh, I saw one comment about this said, yeah, I love being lectured by ultra powerful mega corporations who pretend to care about anything other than the almighty dollar. It feels so sincere, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I don't I don't know how to take it, but I was in a sense of even though in a sense I agree with the message that was being shared, I agree with the way I disagree with the way that it was delivered. Thank I think you. It was and, a, and Neil, yeah. by the way, really quick, thank you for saying that. I, and that was what I was trying to get to earlier was yes, I agree with their message and and I don't like those types of ads. In fact, I mentioned on my show the other day, and you guys can Roger, you can chime in on this as well. But I can remember even as a kid or you'd have a Super Bowl party and you'd have all sorts of church people over and some of the beer ads would come on and you'd sort of like want to crawl in a hole because of the right. things that were now going to be on the screen or when you were younger the TV would go off for a little bit and come back on because of some of the ads that your parents didn't want you seeing and and yes those are the things that we put up with for a very long time and Neil to your point these guys were masters at it and it's just interesting that they're using it in this way today and again to your point Neil they're just doing this so that they can gain more notoriety and sales when it's all said and done. But Roger, I'm sure you can relate to what I just said a moment ago. Absolutely. It's gotten so bad. I mean, in the culture, I, I know if you walk through a shopping mall nowadays, you see the things that when we were coming up, because we're all about the same age, I mean, there are certain things that, uh, you know, they were in print, they were in red light districts. You didn't see them on network television as regular advertising. And I, I've gotten the to know one of the people involved in the Carl's Jr. Hardee's uh, world uh, in the past couple of years and talking about how the marketing team sometimes, you know, the, remember the whole Paris Hilton thing yes. with the bikini yes. in the car and stuff like that. And the fact that Carl Karcher was still alive when Carl's Jr. was doing that. And it was his his attorney, like his right-hand man, good God, very man, who came up with that idea. You know what I'm thinking? That was 20 years ago. And we were thinking, man, that's just disgusting. I mean, I it, it made me not want to eat that food. But the idea that, you know, you have to fight this off and yet this is an industry where they keep pushing the needle, they keep making things progressively worse. And then all of a sudden to clutch the pearls, jump up on the on the on the bench and, and pull up their skirts and say, help, help, you know, we're being attacked. It's like, well, wait a minute, who, who's attacking you? 
you know, quite frankly. I mean, you're you're the purveyor of this. So rather than congratulate yourself yeah. for taking, you know, the, these steps to, uh, you know, have some fun with the idea that, you know, women have had a, a history with beer and, and whatever. Why not just, you know, launch the campaigns, you know, that tell the truth about what's been going on. As John, you mentioned, there's ways that you can you can pivot and without making a big deal and self-aggrandizing and saying, look at us, how wonderful we are. And I, it, I think it's important, you know, actions, well, it's a biblical concept. Actions speak louder than mm -hmm. words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, let me go ahead, Neil. Go ahead. Jump I, in. I was go just going to jump in and just say what I'm reminded of here is like, we offer some pretty strong opinions on the show and, and we have a right to do so, but our listeners have a right to have opinions too. And I, and I, I would welcome feedback from people who listen, you know, when we have these kind of conversations, because you may agree or disagree with what we're saying, but the bottom line is, um, conservative opinions, religious viewpoints are under attack. And I want to throw in a word here for our sponsors, Alliance Defending Freedom, because they're committed to defending people of faith, regardless of what affiliation you have, whatever denomination or religious group you come from. And so we need to do our part, uh, which is why we need 40 people today to donate $50 at crawfordmediagroup.net. And it's really simple to do it. Just click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner and take a stand for religious freedom for all Americans. Some people, you know, think that the fight for religious freedom applies only to Christians. That's a myth. The truth is that religious freedom is for everyone and it benefits everyone. Uh, our Constitution obviously identifies religious freedom as a God-given right for all people. A truth, by the way, that's rooted in the fact that every human being is made in the image of God, and the America, America's founders believe that government has a duty to preserve the right of every American to follow his or her own conscience when it comes to matters of faith. In other words, religious freedom is for the atheist, it's for the Buddhist, it's for the Muslim, the Jew, the Lutheran, and the Christian alike. I threw that in there for you, Roger. And Thank But, you know, you. not surprisingly, studies... Well, the atheist part was for John. But not surprisingly, uh, studies... This is unbelievable. Studies show that countries with a high degree of religious freedom are more stable and yeah. they're more likely to flourish. Great point. So we can't allow our rights to be stripped away Great point. you know alliance defending freedom attorneys across america who fight for our religious freedom never charge clients a penny which is why we need your help if you're listening today would you donate fifty dollars right now at crawfordmediagroup.net by clicking on the alliance defending freedom banner and so in like in less than 60 seconds seriously you can help defend fellow religious freedom uh, you know religious freedom for everyone uh, including those we agree with and those we don't. Um, but one day, if we don't do this, it's going to be too late. So give today. Go to Alliance Defending Freedom banner, click on it, and you'll find it at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing how many people will listen to this conversation and say, yeah, yeah, and then not do anything with it. And I, I'm mm -hmm. grateful that you, we have the, the opportunity to sound the alarm for preborn and for Alliance Defending Freedom. And one of the reasons why I am grateful Dennis Wilson's a part of our organization here at National Crawford Roundtable is there are people who are able to have the means to make those above and beyond, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, you give your tithe to your church. We're talking about the offerings above and beyond that that are mm -hmm. going to Alliance Defending Freedom and Preborn. And if you don't have the means because you're paying extra in taxes or you see inflation and they'd say, oh, it only went up 4% this year. Well, it went up 4% this year because it went up 10% last year. And that's 4% on top of that. If you're in that season of life where you've got fixed income resources, you've got a 401k that's paying you a required minimum distribution, or, or you've got some kind of social security benefit that's coming in, and you need to make sure that you are the best steward you can with that money. 
or if you're coming up on retirement and you want to make sure that you're getting the maximum benefit from what God has blessed you with, you have to call Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial Advisors. Click on the banner for Wilson Financial Advisors at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or just call his office at 800-696-9970 from anywhere in the United States. Dennis can help you find the way to maximize the return on your investments, understanding, of course, this is not, well, I give God his 10% and the other 90% is mine. All 100% of our provisions that come to us are his, and it's up to us to steward it properly. And so from that standpoint, you guys, I mean, you know, it's Dennis has been one of my chief uh, cheerleaders for uh, raising awareness and raising funding for ultrasound machines through Preborn, for example, because of the fact that he sees the value. And as the father of eight, grandfather of 18 and four great grandchildren, I mean, the guy loves kids yeah. and, and, and puts his money where his mouth is. And so, you know, in this, in this world that we're dealing with here, but, but, I can tell you that Dennis, with his kids and grandkids, and all of us with our kids and grandkids too, we have male and we have female, and that's it. Yep. I mean, there's no, Amen. I mean, there's no, when you have a Amen. boy who wants to dress up like Audrey Hepburn and show up on the can of a Bud Light, you know, advertising. I mean, it's, 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 it's a tragic situation, and yet mm -hmm. we have to acknowledge that rather than just decrying it, we have compassion for people who are dealing with this confusion. We, these are people who can't see the truth or don't want to see the truth. And now there's a whole industry that comes around and kind of codifies it and says, yes, yep. we need to protect these people. Yep. And this this is a huge issue, I think, for us in the body of Christ. Not to just, we're not ridiculing Bud Light or whatever what they're doing. I mean, there, there's a certain level of snark to what well, we're saying. Well, you know, when I'm, when I'm, I'm ridiculing, I think I should say maybe we are ridiculing is, and I said this on my program just yesterday, it's not the individuals that I know mentally are struggling and they're trying to figure themselves out and they're looking for answers and frankly, they're finding the wrong answers. My ridicule, mm -hmm. guys, are for the people that are assisting them with their continued mental problems they have trying to figure out who they are. You know, uh, you know basically cutting up kids and changing them and disfiguring them and making them someone that God did not intend them to be is not helping them. Those are the individuals I'm the most angry at guys not the individual themselves that's struggling with what to do but the people that are supporting them in this yeah that they're taking unproven scientific methods as it were there is no ama standard for gender reassignment surgery it's just whatever's worked that's in the right. past they get all sorts of waivers from the fda for the medications quote unquote that they're injecting into the bodies of these young children and there's these are the same people who said well you can't take ivermectin to treat covid because you know i mean it's not been proven by the fda yet i mean from the abortion pill to transgender medication. The left has rather selective amnesia when it comes to yeah. what is approved by the FDA for a certain purpose and should be banned and should be allowed. Well, the majority of what they're using, to your point, not to get on a side tangent, but most of what they're using, Roger, are off-label drugs, which is what ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were when it came to treating COVID. But because they right. were off-label, you weren't allowed to. But these are also off-label drugs that were meant to treat many other things outside exactly. of changing someone's gender. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. So getting back to Miller Lite. Yes. Because <laughs> this conversation was about beer. All right. No. Um, they're you sound Lutheran, Neil. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Communion, anybody? Hey, yeah. uh, they're 168 years old, but I'm, I'm just curious, John, you're the entrepreneur. You're the businessman here. I'm just curious what you think the long-term impact is going to be. I saw somebody quoted regarding this whole Miller Lite campaign now on the heels of the Bud Light thing. They said, I love being lectured by ultra power. No, I already read mm -hmm. that one. This one. I appreciate that Miller Lite watched Bud Light tank its own brand and was like, why not us too? 
So is it going to have... Yeah, I don't, I don't think for Miller it will be quite as bad, and here's why, guys. Bear with me. But my feeling on Miller is, unfortunately, if you come out publicly and disagree with the ad, well, then what are you saying? That you agree with having half-naked women in all of these ads and using them in that manner? I mean, it's a tough one, and I think Miller sort of knew that on the front side. This is a tough one because whether you agree or disagree with the ad, you have to be very careful publicly with what you even say on your own social media because it could come back and bite you because if you don't agree with their premise of what they're trying to do, you may not agree with the way they messaged it, which is what we're saying. I agree with the message, just not the way they've messaged it is probably the way I would say it. Yes, I agree they need to clean things up, and and thankfully they are working towards that at least they are and frankly i think a lot of the other companies are doing the same that's the plus side to all of this but to put it in the ad that they did no i don't agree with it will this tank them no i just wanted to mention you know i learned a lot of verses of scripture when i was a kid in vacation bible school and sunday school and i'm so thankful for it It became the foundation of you know my walk with christ and i at the age of 13 eventually totally surrendered my life to christ and thank god for that and I don't mean this to be, you know, disrespectful or anything, but it's kind of interesting how we selectively um, pick scripture for scripture memory things for children, right? Because you know, I me, mean, the Proverbs thirty-one. If you say Proverbs thirty-one, you think of the Proverbs thirty-one woman. There's whole conferences done on stuff like that, and it's a wonderful passage talking about the value of women and moms right. and the whole thing. Right. Proverbs thirty-one six, however, in certain editions of the Bible, NIV, I think, refers to it as beer. Says, "Give beer to those who are perishing." and strong drink to those whose lives are in danger. So <laughs> I don't remember right. learning that one. <laughs> no, I didn't either, Neil. I wasn't in that kind of a church. That's, they so, wouldn't, they, that that's would not in have the come opening. Out. It's in the first class of the Lutheran Catechism, right after you get <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> because you're setting up for First Communion. I mean, you got to start the kids off right. That's yeah. hilarious. I just wonder yeah, if the no, church... That, no, we skipped over that one, Neil. Uh, based on that scripture, I'm just wondering if the church is going to rush to the defense of Miller Light on this. But anyway, yeah. I doubt. Well, and, and I just, <laughs> by the way, circling back, I just want to make sure that, you know, my point in all of this was, again, do I agree with, and I said this on air, do I agree with the premise of the ad? Yes, we should be industries, plural, wide, doing things along these lines to clean some of these things up, because frankly, I think there's better ways to message when it's all said and done. No, I mean, we all know, there's no denying it, the skin cell, sex cells, yes, it definitely does. It was proven over and over and over again, and it still does. But are there other ways to sell your product, get your message out, and probably gain more momentum with that product when it's all said and done? Absolutely. And I guess where I'm coming from, guys, as, as a Christian, Christian businessman, and the reason why I shared my story initially with the auto industry side of the fence is, you know, we as an industry knew we had an image problem. We knew we were not doing things the correct way. There were certain ones of us that basically got on the bandwagon and said, we're not doing this any longer. Most of us even at the time had policies in our businesses where you know you were not allowed to have any of that type of paraphernalia in your toolbox hanging in and around your toolbox anywhere in the shop i mean we just had policy that eliminated all those things from happening and, and at the end of the day it helped our industry grow and become really in a lot of ways to your point you know uh, roger what it is today which by the way i'm very thankful for now mm-hmm. was it you know did one person single-handedly do it or in the case of miller is one company going to do this of course not this has to be collective among everyone if you're going to make change amen amen yeah, i agree 100 percent. well said john and, and i and again I, i'm just one where i want to be careful as christians and even christian broadcasters that 
while I don't agree with the ad and even what they're doing with women in it, even the way the women are speaking. And some would say, well, you know, why does that matter? Well, to me, it matters. I just don't like the language that's being used, especially in an ad. And frankly, I don't think that helps women either. So the whole ad, no, I do not like. But the premise and what they're trying to get across in the ad, yes, I do agree with that. And I might take some heat from that because I've had some listeners, by the way, that disagree with me that just don't like the ad at all and really don't care what they do. And I guess I'm looking at it as, you know, from the Christian standpoint, is that the way we should be advertising products the way they used to do it and the way even some companies still do? You mentioned Carl's Jr., Roger. Is that the way we should be advertising? And I will just stand up and say as a businessman, no, that's not how we should advertise. Yeah, well, and there you go. There you go again, though, John, with your cognitive dissonance. I mean, I can't believe that. <laughs> doesn't your never mean never? I mean, come on. Hey, <laughs> since we're out of time, I'll just say no and leave it at that. All right. And I know I run out of time. Guys, as always, I appreciate it very much. National Crawford Roundtable. You guys all know where you can hear us. Go find your favorite podcast site. You can download the, the National Crawford Roundtable. Don't forget Preborn. Save 10 babies' lives today. Your gift of $280 will help 10 young women with those unplanned pregnancies. 80% of those women will choose life. It's a great organization. We've talked about it throughout the show, literally, on what those ultrasounds mean. Give today. And if you can give more than that please do that as well and as always go to crawfordmediagroup.net you can click on all of our sponsors there and by the way see roger myself neil and also bob duco who'll be back with us next week so guys on behalf of all of us this is the national crawford roundtable you've been listening to the national crawford roundtable podcast a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by preborn saving babies and souls join us in the fight to save babies from abortion Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.